0: Good morning, everyone. Um, Paul was laughing at the title of the preach. It says on the top of my piece of paper, preach, Jesus. (laughs) That's what we're talking and thinking about today. Um, It's really funny. I have struggled to prepare for this because for me, it was about, I was given about three weeks notice for this, which might sound like quite a lot, but for me, that's actually not that long to prepare. Usually, Mark gives us about four months notice. To really, so you really have a long run-up to plan um, the preach. So for me, this felt quite rushed. And um, I was, Mike actually, I knew I wanted to talk about Jesus. That sounds ridiculous. But um, I really wanted to focus on Jesus, the person today, and the revelation of God in Jesus. And um, I will own up and be honest that a lot of this comes from um, IHOP Atlanta, there's some great teaching that comes out of that place and I was listening to a talk by Billy Humphrey it's the first of an eight part series about Jesus and so a lot of this um, is is taken from that talk Um, so go and check check out the rest of that series if you want to afterwards Um, because I had listened to that preach and actually a lot of this was taken from from that I was actually feeling really um, unqualified to come and stand in front of you today I was feeling um, until about half an hour ago feeling just like I really didn't want, really didn't want to do this um, and feeling like wondering whether it was okay to bring someone else's wisdom to you this morning um, and uh, it was just great when Olive stood up at the beginning Olive has this amazing prophetic edge we all know that I think um, and she read from Colossians um, the exact bit that is actually at the start of my preach so that really put my heart at rest and gave me peace. I believe this is, it's not like, it's not just me talking. There's some guy called Billy Humphrey that a lot of this has come from, but it is for us this morning. It's a revelation um, from the Lord for, for us. Um, yes, yeah, so, oh, oh gosh, should I stop for a minute? Should I carry on? Okay, um, so I'll just read what I wrote down in the worship and then start what, what I prepared. Um, Olive um, said that we all have a revelation of who God is, but he's so big that we keep on learning about who God is. And as we learn about who God is, we discover who we are. Um, and that's really what this preach is about today. Um, that fullness of the revelation of God in Christ and the way that we're transformed from glory to glory as we, um, as we gaze upon him. And so this morning, what I want to do is just encourage us to gaze upon Jesus um, and to allow ourselves to be transformed and to understand more and more of who, who God is. Um, so I'll just pray. Lord, we open our hearts to you. Lord Jesus, we, we fix our hearts, we fix our eyes upon you. Fully God, fully man, the most amazing person who ever lived, Lord Jesus, we look to you this morning to reveal more of the Father to us. Okay, so um, Jesus was and is something entirely new, right? He's a—he's the God-Man, fully human, fully God. Um, he's the fulfillment of God's plan. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one who brings us salvation, who set us free, who reveals everything about the Father to us. Um, he's the most remarkable person in the whole of creation, who has ever existed. time revolves around Jesus. We we measure time by him. He's at the crux of all of history and the whole of the future. Everything revolves around Jesus. Um, So I just want to invite you to consider what it is that you think about Jesus, the place that he holds in your heart. Just before I start launching into all the Bible passages and everything, um, who is Jesus to you? Who is he? Like Some of you might want to just close your eyes and think about it. You might just um, want to sit and reflect, but um, who is he? What does he look like? What's he saying to you? When you look at him in the face, what's in his eyes? Um, what is he like? Do you have any thoughts about him? Uh, what, what is your heart towards him? How do you feel about Jesus? Um, just keep reflecting on that as we... Talk through some of the passages that we're going to look at. Um, Jesus is this wonderful open example of a a full human life living with lived lived with God, but he's also, I think, a deep holy mystery. He's a revelation of the Father, and there are such deep holy mysteries in the Father and in heaven. Um, Psalm twenty-five verse two says, "It's the glory of God to conceal a matter; to search out a matter is the glory of kings." And we are all a royal priesthood. We're in God's royal family. And it's, um, it's our glory to search out a matter, to search the deep, holy mysteries of God. And that's what I want us to do this morning um, as we center our hearts on Jesus. So, obviously, Jesus is such a huge topic. Um, but I want to start with Colossians 1 verse 15 to 20. I'm just going to read it twice, actually, so we'll have heard it three times today because there's just so much richness here. Um, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him, And for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. I'll just read it one more time. He is the image of the invisible God. That's so crazy. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. It's just an amazing passage, that with such depth and such richness. That's our Jesus. That's the man, the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the full, entire revelation of our Father in heaven, the creator of the universe. The fullness of God dwells in Jesus. Um, Can our imaginations possibly contain that truth. Um, It's just so huge and so wonderful. Is there more to Jesus than we've maybe conceived of before, than we've understood? Of of course there is the depths and the riches of the fullness of God. We're going to be discovering them for all of eternity. Um, Every part of God's beautiful, perfect nature is expressed in the personality and the action of Jesus. And um, I think there's a difficult question that we have to ask ourselves um, in church have we diminished the truth of Jesus's nature? Have we? I know I have. I'll speak for myself. Um, I've put Jesus in a box sometimes, you know, in a, a comfortable, palatable, um, easy to explain place where he sort of fits in with my life and fits in with my beliefs and fits in with how I'm doing things. Um, But it is absolutely impossible to put Jesus in a box because it's the fullness of heaven and the fullness of God that dwells in him. He doesn't fit in any box. He's not easy. (laughs) He's not palatable. Um, He doesn't fit in with anybody else's priorities. Everything exists through him and for him. He has first place in everything, he's the firstborn from the dead. The truth of Jesus' nature is so huge and so incredible. Um, Have we diminished that? Do we ever do that? Um, Sometimes we imagine that Jesus is on our team. He is. But actually, he is the team. Jesus is the team. (laughs) We're part of the team with him. He's on our team. He cheers for us and everything. But it's all about him, right? He is the team. Um, Like Colossians chapter 3 says, In him, all things hold together and all things were created for him. He's the head of the body. He's the head of the church. Um, We've barely scratched the surface of his identity. We've barely scratched the surface of who Jesus is. Um, There's so much to him and so much in him. And the depth of his beauty and his love and his glory and his majesty are incomparable to anything else. Um, When we make our commitment to be Christians... um, which most of us, if not all of us have, we're deciding to be little Christ's um, disciples of Jesus. And we have committed to that, giving him that first place, making him the central motivation of our hearts, the one that our hearts chase after. And everything in our lives becomes reshaped by Jesus and by his priorities and by his character. Um, Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's what we become, Right. Um, when we become Christians, when we become disciples. Um, I'm just going to read this statement. The love of Jesus is what compels us when we become disciples. The love of Jesus is what compels us. So if we live uncompelled at any level, we've not understood the love of him, and that means we don't know him fully yet because he is love. I'll just read that again. The love of Jesus is what compels us. So if we live uncompelled at any level, we've not understood the love of him, and that means we don't know him fully, because he is love. He is love. Um, I'm speaking so much to myself here. When we look at the all-surpassing splendor and love of Jesus, everything else fades in comparison. If the love of Jesus is what compels us, um, and we live uncompelled at any level, then we haven't understood the the hugeness of his love yet, which is actually such an exciting thing, right? Because there's always further to go. There's always deeper to go. There's always more to know, like Olive was saying earlier. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, but we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. That's what Olive was talking about. That's what that song is about. Um, beholding as in a mirror with unveiled faces, removing everything that we were put in between us and the Lord and just reflecting his glory and becoming transformed from glory to glory, more and more like him, understanding more and more who we are because of who he is, because of the fullness of God in Jesus. If we unveil our faces, it's unavoidable that we will be transformed to be more and more like Christ. The closer we are, the more we look upon him, the more time we spend gazing, the more we reflect his glory and the more that we shine. So when we meet Jesus, when we're in that place of, of just unveiled face before him, we're offered, into, we're offered an invitation into a place of, um, of love, but also of shock and awe at the majesty and beauty of Jesus. Um, glimpsing Jesus should blow our mind. It should draw us in, but it should also um, scare us. We were talking about fear earlier, um, which I thought was really interesting, and it's true that fear has no place in our lives, fear of anything earthly, fear of anything like that. The only fear that has a place in our lives is fear of the Lord. Um, Not because we're afraid that he's going to do something bad or that he's too powerful for us or that there is anything other than good thoughts in his heart towards us, not because of that, but just because he is mind-blowing and incredible, and actually that's worship, isn't it? Like that's worship—is recognizing who God is and just bowing down before Him, um, in fear, in the best possible way. You know, yeah. Yeah. not scared, but just recognizing His majesty and His love and His power and His greatness. Um, Jesus isn't pocket-sized, like I said already. He's not easy. He's actually—he's not meek and mild. <laughs> no. He's not—he's um, not easy like that. Jesus conquered death. He went into hell and took the keys to death and hell to release us and to set us free. Um, he's humble and loving and kind in his humanity. We see him drawing people in and, and, and women, who, a woman who bled for 12 years and lepers and people who've been excluded and left behind. He draws them in and he includes and he's humble and loving and kind, but he's also majestic in his glory at the same time. When we see him draw people in, we also see him calm the storm, walk on the water. Um, I'm going to talk about those stories in a bit. If Jesus fits easily into one of our kind of comfortable boxes, then we haven't come to that point of full understanding yet. Um, We haven't come to that point of full understanding of of the revelation of God in Jesus because there's, there's too much for him to fit in a comfortable box. We need to look long enough at Jesus until we get gripped by what's in God's heart for his son and the whirlwind, the the beauty of who Jesus is. Um, And I think there are a lot, and Mark has talked about this, how there's a lot of churches now that, you know, we want to be open and we want to be accessible and we absolutely do want to be. But sometimes we're about, or churches become about, making people feel comfortable where they are and... uh, that's not what church is about. Church is about Jesus in his fullness and in his glory and worshipping him and coming together as a family to fix our hearts upon him and chase after him um, and, just, and to be with him. Um, it's not about making things comfortable and easy. Um, what humanity, what the whole world needs is for Jesus in his reality to show up, not some like reformatted or repackaged or re-presented Jesus, but just Jesus in his fullness. Um, That's what we need. That's why he came. That's why God sent him. He came um, as he is, as he's presented in the word, perfect, because that was the Father's will, and that's what we need. It's what all of humanity desperately needs. So I really believe that we need to look at Jesus. I need to look at Jesus and let him defeat all of the ideas that I have about him and just surpass them time and time again as he keeps revealing the fullness of God Um, Ephesians 3 verse 8 talks about the unfathomable riches of Christ the unfathomable riches of Christ Um, Christ's greatness is unsearchable and he, he always leaves us wanting more, the more that we see the more that we experience, the more that we know of Jesus, the more that we want to be with him, it's just a beautiful thing isn't it um He's Yahweh in the flesh. Um, Just imagine being one of the disciples, walking with Jesus every day, eating with him, talking with him, um, and those moments when they got those glimpses of his identity as Yahweh, creator. Um, There are a few moments of real clarity for the disciples. So that story where Peter recognizes the significance of Jesus and says, you are the Christ, and identifies him. And when um, Thomas sees the marks and just declares my saviour my lord Um, it's my heart's desire to have more frequent moments like this longer moments of the realization of of christ and who he is um, lasting longer and longer each time (laughs) john the one whom jesus loved caught a stunning glimpse of jesus in the vision that led him to write revelation Um, so chapter one verses 12 to 16 describes jesus Um, just picture this as I read it. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a son of man, clothed in a robe reaching to the feet and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white like wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it has been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in its strength. This beautiful Saviour, our Jesus, is mighty and strong. There's nothing tame about eyes like a flame of fire or a voice like the sound of many waters. And it can be hard for us to hold the reality of this truth of Jesus in our hearts, but that is who he is. There's such depth. We're drawn into him while being fearful. The compassion and the love of Jesus burns like a blazing fire. And it never ceases to soften our hearts, to draw us into his presence, to prepare a way for us to go in. Colossians 2, verses 1 to 3 say, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf and for those who are at Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wow. Wow. Jesus is God's mystery, but that doesn't mean that he's unsolvable. It just means that there's a truth that's beginning to be revealed that has no end to understanding. We'll spend forever comprehending who Jesus is and searching deeper and deeper and deeper into who he is. It's the journey of my life and of your life to move deeper into that true knowledge um, now and to spend eternity being with him. Our destiny is an eternal one. Mark was preaching about that earlier this year I think about a year ago our destiny is an eternal one it's not just an earthly one um we'll be in heaven surrounding the throne with the angels singing endless endless praise and worship to God because of the never-ending love and goodness and nature of God the nature that is revealed in Jesus um before I went on maternity leave I worked in a school and I'd often hear students say I'm bored or this is boring um Often it's probably a bit harsh. My lessons are usually a little bit more exciting than that, but um, I think we all have times of maybe feeling a bit, a bit bored, like things are a bit slow. I don't like. I don't know if you've experienced that, but I have. Um, but with this Christ, this Jesus, how can we live bored? If boredom is our reality, then I just I'm challenging myself, and I want to challenge you. Have we have we gazed upon Jesus lately? Have we gazed upon Jesus and grasped a bit more of the truth of who he is? Because if there's any boredom, I don't think we've grasped that revelation of who he is and the fullness of Christ. Um, he is the highest revelation of the Father to us and the highest revelation of us to the Father because he was a man. Um, there's no room for boredom when our eyes are fixed on him. Um, <laughs> Part of the never-ending mystery of Jesus is his relationship with the Father. Um, And many people think of God as the creator, which of course he is. But the word also tells us that um, God's whole nature is is living in in Christ in human form, and that includes the creator. So John chapter 1 verse 2 says, Jesus was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him. Nothing that has been made was made without him. So when the disciples were with Jesus... And they were sitting around that table eating and laughing. They were sharing life with him. And that was Yahweh, the one who spoke and everything came into being. Sat around the table. He sits around the table with us. He's with us all the time. He lives within us. Christ is in us. And Christ was present at creation with God. Um, That's just a mind-blowing thought that he's now in you and in me. That one, that one who spoke and everything came into being. And the transfiguration is a really good picture of, of that reality. Um, Jesus as a man being transfigured, so his glory just shone out. Luke chapter 9 says, As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Like what John saw in that vision um, that we read about in Revelation. And... I mean, it's funny because the disciples are sleepy. It says in the story, the disciples are chilling and sleepy and Peter wakes up and <laughs> there's Jesus in his glory, in his majesty, blazing like a flash of lightning. Um, and Peter's reaction in that moment of realisation of, ah, oh, that's who Jesus is, then wants to build little houses and tabernacles for Moses and Elijah and Jesus because he, he wants to stay there. It's so funny how that, massive revelation of who Jesus is he gets it but then it's almost like it slips through his fingers and he somehow wants to contain it and I wonder how often we do that too when we catch that glimpse we, we want to hold on to it right so sometimes we want to contain it um, but we can't it's just impossible for us to contain the reality of Christ and yet he's in us John 1 verse 10 says, the world was in the world, and the world was made through him, but the world did not recognize him. Um, this, it, despite this massive amount of glory, for 30 years Jesus chose to live in relative obscurity. He lived like we live. Um, despite being the creator of the entire world, being there at that moment of creation, he lived in human form, unrecognized, um, humble, and yet, hidden in him, all the treasures of all understanding, the fullness of God. Um, that humility is just amazing because he, he knows everything, right? He knows the thoughts that are going to cross our minds. He knows the words we're going to speak, but he um, waits for us to say them. He waits for us to think them. He, he's relational to us. He spends time with us. He wants to hear us say things. It's not enough that he just knows it. He wants to be with us. Um, his desire is for us to come to him and share. Do we know who we're dealing with here? Do we know who we're dealing with? Do we know this incredible Jesus that knows everything and yet invites us to come and share just because he wants to be with us? The depth of that truth, um, you, you could just explore it. Well, we will explore it forever. Job 26 verse 14 says, um, it talks about, different parts of creation and then it says those are only on the edges of what he does they are only the soft whispers that we hear from him so who can understand how very powerful he is the entirety of creation the universe every single one of the billions of blazing stars all of creation is only the edge of what he does only a whisper of his glory and his greatness Jesus if all of that is just a whisper Jesus is the full revelation (laughs) Isn't that just wonderful? The whole of creation is just on the edges of what he does. But Jesus is the full revelation. So we see some of Jesus' greatness and power through creation, but then we also see it through his works as a man. Um, And he performed, I mean, we know he performed countless healings and miracles raising people from the dead, all in that short three and a half years after those 30 years of just living as a, as a human without being really noticed by anyone. Matthew 8, 23 to 28 tells the story of Jesus calming the storm. Um, the disciples, as we know, um, were mostly fishermen, so they were used to being out in boats, they were used to the water, and they were out on the water with Jesus, and that was an everyday norm for them. But even these experienced fishermen who did this every day in this particular storm were convinced that they would die. So it must have been bad, right? (laughs) If they're out there every day, fine. This must have been a huge, overwhelming storm. Um, Just imagine the thunder, the lightning, the rain, the noise. The boat is filling with water. And Jesus, I so love this story, is in the back of the boat asleep. Completely at rest. Everyone else is panicking, but Jesus is just sleeping. The storm doesn't wake him. The noise, the water, nothing wakes him. The disciples have to shake him awake, panicking. And he then just speaks a word. And the entire storm immediately just stops. And that's when the disciples look at each other and say, who is this man? Who is this man? Even though they'd been living with him, walking with him, they knew him, they were hearing his teaching, they'd seen him do loads of miracles already, but it was a fresh revelation of the depth of who Jesus is. Who is this man that he can speak a word and immediately a whole storm subsides? That amazing example of, of Jesus' power over nature demonstrates so clearly that this is Yahweh. This is the creator, the living, powerful God, um, even with their whole focus spent um, fixed on Jesus and their whole lives spent following him, they still couldn't couldn't grasp that, and it was a fresh revelation. And I just pray that today and this week we, and well, every day we get a fresh revelation like that. Who who is this Jesus? Wow, that awe and that wonder at who he is. Um, consider as well the feeding of the five thousand. That's a story that. Um, those of us who went to Sunday school will have heard it I'm sure in Sunday school it's one of those well known stories and we can kind of we know how it goes right there were 5,000 men, there were probably more people than that because there would have, been, would have been women and children there there was a boy he had two fish and five loaves and then Jesus multiplied it and everyone got fed right makes it seem easy <laughs> but when you actually think about it like I, when I was listening to this talk by Billy Humphrey I hadn't thought about it in this way it is multiplication, but actually, it's Jesus creating food out of nothing in front of his disciples. He's creating. Um, <laughs> Billy Humphrey asked the question Do you reckon the bread was warm? <laughs> Could well have been. The fish was fresh, ready to eat. Might have been warm bread, who knows? But he is literally creating things um, out of nothing, demonstrating that fullness of, of God. <laughs> The Creator in him. So, not just that, but then think about Jesus walking on the water, which is soon afterwards, right? They, they go out in the boat, a couple of miles out into the sea, um, and there's a stormy sea, and Jesus is walking towards a boat. So that means he's already walked a decent amount of distance on top of the water. And the Bible, the story actually says that he was going to walk the boat. It's so funny. He wasn't even going to the boat to go and see them. He was just having a walk (laughs) on the surface of the water because that's God. (laughs) Just amazing. And they don't recognize him. They think he's a ghost. Um, And we do the same thing so often. Sometimes we don't recognize Jesus in his mighty power until suddenly we see him walking on the water towards us and just the story said the disciples were greatly amazed beyond measure because of that reality of who Jesus is right in front of them. And their response, well, Peter's response was, we know what Peter's response was, to jump out of the boat and join in. And they just, their response to the power of God was just to worship. And isn't that just the greatest privilege, that we get to see the fullness of God in Jesus, and he's, he came so that we would know the fullness of God that we would have the fullness of God living inside us too. That we might spend our whole lives just gazing and moving deeper and deeper and deeper into understanding this Jesus so that we can just worship and worship and understand and go deeper and worship. And that's, oh, what a beautiful thing. I'm nearly done. Um, So we know Jesus. We know Jesus, but we don't know him fully yet. What a delight. We don't know him fully yet. He's a whirlwind of the glory of God. He's All those things I've already said about him. Do we see him? Um, My prayer is that God would unveil our eyes so that we can see Jesus as he is. Colossians 1, we've heard it three times, tells us that Jesus will have the preeminence. He will have first place. Philippians 2 says that every knee in heaven and on earth will bow down to Jesus. It will happen. Every tongue will declare his glory. Everyone will realize that this Jesus is the full revelation of the Father. He is the Son. He will be exalted. Um, A man, a person, a human being, fully man and fully God, will have the whole of creation bowed down before him. He's risen, he's exalted, and God is zealous about his son receiving the glory. You see it all the time in Scripture. He is, God is zealous about Jesus receiving the glory and the honour that is due to his name because of who he is and what he did. We will all come face to face with Jesus in his glory. Um, and that's why I think it's so important for us to focus on Jesus and to just think about this, this beautiful man, this, this revelation of God because one day we will be in front of his throne. The only issue at the centre of everything in our lives, in the world, is who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Everyone's going to have to make a decision on that. Is he the son of God or is he not? Who is he? Who is Jesus? That is the, the question. He's at the heart of all creation, all existence. Everyone is heading towards that, having to answer that question, who is Jesus? And everyone is going to be in that moment of declaring who Christ is one day. Everyone will have to do it. Seeing him is enough to shock our souls and wake us up. Do you want to see him? I want to see him so much all the time. I want to know him more and more. We want to see that amazing revelation of God's power and beauty, to understand him as he is, to get as much of that as we can now while we're here before we enter into eternity. By coming to live with us as a human and by now living within us, Jesus has extended that invitation to us to enter deeper and deeper into knowledge of him. He offers invitations. He doesn't disqualify us. He's constantly, always, day after day, minute after minute, inviting us to see him as he is, to glimpse his amazing love, to glimpse his beauty, his glory. Do we want to know more of Jesus? Do we want to see him more? That's the question that I want to leave you with today. That's, I'm done. So I'm just going to pray for us. Hmm. Jesus. Jesus, Lord, you're so holy. You're so wonderful. You're so beautiful. You're so kind. Thank you for your kindness, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your power, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you came to reveal the fullness of the Father to us. Thank you that you made a way so that we could be in your presence. Thank you, Jesus, that we can be with you and gaze upon you and be made to be more like you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for extending that invitation to us to know you. Thank you for inviting us in. Thank you that you've always got open hands, open arms, and open face and open heart for us to come to you, to gaze upon you. We want to, we, (laughs) we just want to gaze on you, Lord Jesus. We want to be more like you. We want to come to know you more. We want to understand more and more and more of the revelation of God in your life, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you unveil our hearts, unveil our eyes that we might see more clearly, that we might understand more deeply who Jesus is, who the Christ is, what he did, his glory, his beauty, his kindness, his love. We open our hearts towards you, Jesus. We turn our hearts towards you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being with us, Lord Jesus. Thank you for living inside of us, for giving us new life. Thank you, Jesus.